Indiana Runner Podcast Season 4, Episode 11. Taylor Marshall and I go through Week 4, including the Eagle Classic, talk about the whole state, and end with our Super Bowl picks. Let's hit some drops. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup! All right. Week four is in the books. This is the recap. Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall here on the Indiana Runner podcast. It has been nice for weeks. I think we saw that in the course conditions. Uh, it's raining now in central Indiana um, in our undisclosed locations. A big week of racing. It was still a little warm, but fast results. And I think that, oh, we've got a new guest on the podcast. Shout out little Corgi Cannoli. Find her on Insta. It's uh, it's an audio medium, so unfortunately they won't, they won't get to see her, but she has her own Instagram. That's right, lil.corgi.cannoli. So she's hanging out with us here today. You sound you sound like a boy on the Carmel team shouting his Snapchat handle to various other buses as we all wait in line at the Eagle Classic. That uh, that happened, and there's some uh, boys team shouting at our girls. They're Snapchatting. Got at least one girl snap. So I guess it wasn't all bad waiting forever to leave the park. What uh, what what school was this shouting at at our girls oh, team? Uh, is it? I think it was Southeast uh, Dearborn. Maybe I don't know. I uh, well, that's not a school. A, so. Small school outside of Jasper. Uh, Northeast Du Bois. Yes. Okay. Well, shout out to the Northeast Du Bois, wow. the Du Bois boys, uh, for <laughs> getting at least one person's Snapchat handle. Anyway, speaking of the Eagle Classic. Concentrated competition produced fast results despite warm weather. It was at 8.30, it felt nice. At 9, it still felt pretty nice for the girls. By 9.30 on the boys, it was starting to get pretty warm. And uh, I talked about that while the race was going on. I was mic'd up for mile split. Uh, I told Josh I would I would do that. I can't wait to hear all the uh, inside secrets for your team that you probably gonna, shared via my It's going to be the most boring. All right, guys. Hey, good job. Uh, you want to go through our, our around the state and outside the state? Let's start outside the state, Taylor. Let's do it. Let's go. Where are we going? The Mason Invite in Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati. The number five Fishers boys were third at this meet. They scored 107 points. Number 15, Brownsburg, has had a, a mid-season uh, surge here. They were fourth with 186. And the number 22, Mount Vernon boys, uh, scored 218. Tristan Trevino of Mount Vernon was the top Indiana finisher in 16-19. Now, that doesn't uh, seem as, with all the results we saw from around the state, especially at Brown County, that's not a very fast time. However, the rating was a minus 29. I yeah, saw that the uh, whatever varsity race this was, they ran it second and uh, it was at 11 o'clock. Oh, yikes. Well, we were somewhere where a race took place at 11 o'clock and it was really tough. So and it 
received a, a negative rating as well. So a uh, big upset win there for Tristan Trevino to be the top Indiana finisher. Um, he's now ranked number 24 on INCC stats. So what a great day for him. The let's, let's do a quick tour of the four corners of the state. Well, really the four different semi-states at least. Uh, the Minutemen invite, I believe that is, what school is the Minutemen? Minutemen. It's not uh, Goshen, it's. Is it Concord? Concord, yes. That makes that would make sense, yeah. Uh, number 16, Penn Girls dominate 29 points over number 23, Northridge, who had 93. But two weeks ago was an SAT date. This was an ACT date. So yeah. a lot of teams missing projected runners. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it if it's a one one off, right? Runner misses this weekend's probably uh he or she was probably taking the, the ACT. So Northridge missing two other projected scores. Mary Eubank and Ellie Stabnick, one two for Penn, 1952 and 2002. On the boys' side, number 17, Goshen, 47, number 14, Northridge. 74, but the Raiders were missing their top four projected runners um, based on their INCC stats profile. Goshen's Tommy Claxton is having a good season. He wins in 16.09, and then this is a tight individual race. Leo's Luke Chappelle, 16.12. Goshen's Luis Luera, 16.13. And Elkhart's Max Malloy, one of the super sophomores. We've talked about him a couple times this season. 16-14, so the top four separated by a scant five seconds, Taylor. Yeah, impressive finish right there. Uh, fun race, and uh, shout out to Claxton for pulling out the win there at the line. Uh, girls rating minus one, boys rating minus four, so, so negative, so slower than average. And I think that, uh, you know, we did get a couple uh, invites that had plus ratings, not necessarily substantially so. But uh, most of them are actually around right around zero. Yeah, yeah, it's I a think a little that, bit warmer than than you might expect for for early to mid September. That's exactly what I was going to say. So and maybe this is what you'd expect, but just warmer than you'd hope. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, Bob Thomas invite. This is at Lowell on the girls' side, number twenty-five, Lake Central, fifty-six, Crown Point, sixty-three. Chesterton missing three of their runners, 99. Laporte still missing a potential front runner. Uh, I don't believe she's raced yet, 101. Cassie Cohen of Hobart with the upset of Laporte's Brenna Sebecki, 1913 to 1914. They were separated by half of a second. So that had to be an uh, interesting race to the line. On the boys' side, number 21, Lake Central, 65. Number 18, Portage, 74. So Lake Central with the flip had been defeated by Portage earlier and then Crown Point unranked but close. They'd be in the also receiving votes if we actually did votes rather than one person making it. Crown Point 77. It's where IU men's basketball usually lives. Hey, hey. Oh, also no. receiving votes. We're in Not there. this year, baby. We are uh, pre, I believe, preseason number one in the Big Ten, if I if I read that correctly. Man, you 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 were pretty you're pretty quick to defend the Hoosiers there. You sound like Thomas Biltemeyer. Well, you know when you invest four years down there and uh, you get to see some of the fun years that happen with the Cody Zeller time, but you also suffered through the first few Tom Crane years, then you'll understand. 
Uh, I guess I won't understand that. Girls rating minus three, boys rating minus three. What do you got? What do you got from Bob Thomas invite? Uh, how about Lake Central on the boys' side, right? Just continuing to improve. My I dudes, know- I've been on Lake Central all year. I said they're going to be good. Yeah, this is why you make the big bucks here, right? So uh, not a uh, not a, an overwhelming favorite coming into the year in terms of uh, winning the semi-state, but they're certainly um, going to be up there. Uh, you know, I think Valpo is still the, the better team on the boys' side. Um, but I, I still think, you know, look at Lake Central and their improvement that they've made, uh, which is all you can ask for, right? We try to get a little bit better every day. And uh, the boys have certainly done that up at Lake Central. Um, and uh, they're still just now under seven weeks to go. So plenty of time for them to uh, continue to improve leading into Terre Haute, where I would say that they are uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance. Scott Litskin, hang on, man. I'm going to call this one a lock. Click. 99.5% chance to advance to the state finals. They do have a runner. Uh, one of their top runners that's missed the last three weeks looking at their INCC stats profile. Uh, They're up to 14th in Indiana on INCC stats. We'll see where they rank um, when the Indiana runner rankings come out this, uh, this next week. Uh, I I think they're going to make it most likely finish for INCC stats, 20,000 simulations of the tournament or some, um gargantuan number like that 12th 12th of the state meet okay uh top five runners junior junior freshman junior sophomore oh wow how about that there you go could, could we be talking about them as a potential podium team next year Something i would i would project that right if you're let's say you're 12th at the state meet and you bring all five back yeah now the the conversation yeah the the other part would be some of those teams top podium teams may only bring two back or three back, but you know, if that's Carmel or Fishers or Zionsville, their, their JV might be pretty deep as well. Right. Uh, Let's go to the other end of the state. Heritage Hills Patriot invite Gibson Southern girls, 60 forest park, 67 heritage Hills, 76 Pike central 79 and Boonville 81. So pretty tight. Uh, team race there, five teams separated by just 21 points. Pike Central sophomore, we talk about her, seems about every other week. Zavery yeah. Wiseman, 1907. Emma Gresham of Boonville, 1922. That's on a zero rating. So Wiseman's rating 1907. She's got a pretty good chance to finish. You didn't check this, did you? What is she ranked on INCC sets? I can look it up, but she's got a pretty good chance to finish in the top 25, I'd imagine. She's, yeah, well, she's currently ranked 24th on INCC stats. So she's got a, like you said, a, a really good opportunity right there. In fact, in the, uh, you know, the simulations that you, you know, put out here, her average finish is, you know, 23.7, right? And, uh, you know, she could finish, you know, according to the advanced analytics has a, has a chance of being inside the top 10 even. So. Yep. Yeah. I think she's had a really, a really solid season and that's a, that's a good win on a, on an average day. Uh, Boys side Gibson Southern boys dominate the field. 33 points. The host heritage Hills 81. You know, went to heritage Hills high school. Who went to heritage Hills high school? Colin? Isn't that where Jay Cutler went? That would be a fact that I just learned from you. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure Jake Cutler went to Heritage Hills, and I think that Ken Dilger went to Heritage Hills. 
I'm gonna look up the Jay Cutler thing. Boys rating plus twenty. So girls rating zero, boys rating plus twenty. Okay. Absolutely average on the girl side. Yeah, not not entirely sure how, how they differentiate, but that's that's the way the that's the way the math shakes out. Can't be mad at the math. Can't be mad at math. Indiana, they call it the all Catholic invite. I'm pretty sure not every Catholic school in the entire state goes there, but I guess they're invited unless you're Uh Number twenty, Garen. We're out here, Taylor. We're Who, on these who's streets. out here? We yeah. are. We're on these streets. Number twenty, Garen girls, thirty-seven points. Chatard, fifty-two. Cathedral, fifty-seven. Cridge, Lily Cridge of Bishop Chatard, seventeen, seventeen for the win. I feel like she's she's so good, and she started the season so strong that we just almost become numb to how good these times are. Yeah, I mean it's it's just crazy to think about. Obviously, that was the top performance on the weekend. But I, you know, I kind of say obviously, you and I were at a meet. We'll talk about here in a minute, and uh, saw two really dominant performances and thought for sure they could give a run for the money. But um, you know, seventeen seventeen up there at Garen, you know, really impressive for Lily Cridge and her teammate Julia Score, the freshman sensation, eighteen twenty right with Bridget Gallagher of Garen placing third in eighteen thirty nine, and that's not that's not a plus 40, right? I mean, that's, and we may get, we may get a plus 40 day. Let's say it's a, a perfect day and it's 50 degrees and the girls go first this year. So they're running at like 10 o'clock or 10 30 and it hasn't rained for two or three weeks on that Noblesville course. That might yeah. be plus 40 plus 45. This girl's race plus three. Right. So pretty, pretty close to average. And that, you know, out at the nest at Garen, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty fast course, but it was, it was not, it was not cold. It was, it was a short sleeve meet. It was a short sleeve meet. And you know what else uh, stood out to me here, Colin, you know, as we look forward at that Noblesville regional that you mentioned, right. Those are three teams right there uh, fighting for a fifth place uh, advancement to this Shelbyville semi-state, right. I would yeah, throw and I, in the I, conversation to make it four, but as you said, they were politely asked not to attend the meet. Uh, you and I have some uh, background in that. Coming up here in a couple of weeks, we've been politely asked not to attend a meet we used to go to. Uh, uh, yeah, those are for slightly different reasons, one of which is, you know what? Just, we're not going to get into it here, but keep uh, it going. the point is we got to see uh, three of those teams go head to head uh, to head uh, in order to, to you know, find who might be that fifth team. And, and maybe it is Garen right now, um, but could also be in a, in a bigger meet scenario. You know, how does uh, how do the top two of Chatard, how do they fare? How, how does that help them? Right. So what it what it's going to come down to at the regional between those three teams is. Chatard's probably going to go one four. But okay. is, is Park Tudor for sure going to make it out of the sectional on the girls side? Are they for sure going to make it? Let's take a look. According to INCC stats uh, at the Burbuff Jesuit sectional where Park Tudor is located, they are the fifth ranked team and they uh, have a 93% chance okay. of finishing fifth. Okay. So um, they'll probably so make it out. So Chatard, yeah. Chatard's going one, four. So they're scoring five through two runners and Garen's probably getting five points from their first runner. So, you know, can how far back will Chatard's fourth and fifth finish in relation to Garen's? 
it may be a minute or something, but there yeah. may not be that many team points in there. Well, there you go. There's Cannoli making her podcast sure. debut. Um, there may not be that many team points. So it'll be interesting how the math shakes out there. Do you, uh, you want to see what the advanced analytics say as of right now? Yes, I do. All right. With 2,000 simulations of the Noblesville Regional on the girls' side, right, focusing on Shatard, uh, uh, Garen, and Cathedral, right? Uh, for Let's say fifth place, right? So Shatard has a 19.8% chance of finishing fourth and a 52% chance of finishing fifth. Shatard does? Shatard does. Huh. Garen has a 6.2% chance of finishing fourth and an 18.3% chance of finishing fifth. And then as of today, right, with almost seven weeks, well, almost seven weeks out from the state meet, so we're, what, three, four weeks out from five, uh, five weeks out here from the regional, uh, Cathedral has a 1.9% chance of advancing. But Cathedral wasn't far off. Uh, from Chatard, right? So if they continue to improve, you never know uh, what could happen down the line. And I suppose it's not out of the question that Westfield finishes behind. I mean, that's that's what's in there, right? Yes. That Westfield could, Westfield has a 95% chance to advance out of the regional on INCC stats. Now, Westfield's top runner on the girls' side hasn't raced yet. So Correct. she's getting her preseason rating. And then, you know, one of the things that really could decide some of this would be what, when she comes back and runs, what is, you know, what level is she at? And if it's anywhere close to her normal level, then then Westwood's got a really good chance. Yeah. And I, I would say, again, I, I think that those things will happen, but I, I would say Westfield may still have a, a great shot at making it out regardless. You know, with this current group that they're running right now, I think that there's still a really strong chance that they would make it. Yes. Uh, boys' side. Well, that's a story we'll definitely keep an eye on throughout the season. Uh, boys' side, number 22, Garen Boys, 39. Number 19, Chittard Boys, 75. Uh, and Ron Colley, 87. Garen's Jack Weber, uh, 1603. Cathedral's Liam Eifert, 1616. And then Ethan Hines from Garen, typically the team's number one, 1621. Uh, those are three boys, I think, with a very good chance to make the state meet individually. Uh, boys riding plus six. So fast, but not 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 crazy. And again, that's a that's a pretty it's a pretty quick course. Yeah. Um, and the races were were probably at nine and nine thirty. The Wildcat Classic at Marion, the Indiana Wesleyan course. Uh, this was interesting. This is typically not a meet that has a high level of competition. Usually that's the, the Marion invite the week before. Uh, but this year it did, I mean, it didn't maybe not quite as strong, um, as the Marion invite, but, but much stronger than it's been in past years. Number four, Hamilton Southeastern girls, 42, number 10, Fort Wayne Concordia, 66, and number 17, East Noble, 90. Three very likely state meet teams there. Yeah. East Noble's Addison Lindsay is having a good season again. Uh, she's a sophomore, 18 flat. And then uh, Maggie Powers from Southeastern, 1821. Sarah Maple, the freshman from Concordia, 1830. Three, uh, three athletes with a, with a 
good chance to finish in the top 25. I think they're all ranked in the top 25 right now, individually on INCC stats. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Yeah. Boys side, number 16, Penn, 64. Number 12, HSE, 86. HSE was missing one score. I think it was their projected number four. So that's that's a pretty good win for Penn. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Stenberg from West Lafayette was the first Indiana finisher. In 1604, he finished second. So there was one from, from out of state. I did not even recognize the school name. So I don't know if he came over from Ohio or probably Ohio. Um, girls rating plus five, boys rating plus six. I think that kind of gets at the weather too. That's a fast course. There was a pretty high level of competition, especially on the girls' side individually. Yeah. And um, still got a, a plus rating, but not, you know, not significant, not even double digits. Right. And I know that just like at the Marion invite the previous weekend, they run multiple races mm-hmm. at, you know, the Wildcat Classic. Um, so I the, think this was the earliest one, though. I think was the, it the red, earliest one. Okay. The red race is the earliest one, I think, just like the elite races at the best time. Got it. Okay. Marion. So see, that could have been a factor, but you got the answer. This is this is why you're the man. Ben Davis invite. Number 11, Valparaiso Girls, 61. Number 14, Brownsburg Girls, a uh, lot of momentum for Brownsburg, 62. Number 21, Avon, 84. So Valpo, 61. Brownsburg, 62. Gretchen Farley of Park Tudor, 17.54. She wins by 48 seconds. Is that math right? 47 seconds over Avon's Jessica Hegedus. Number four, Valparaiso boys, 29 points, dominate the field, nearly a uh, 100-point victory. Plainfield's Emerson Naring, 15-48. He was second at the Brownsburg invite uh, the week before to Braden Hinkle of Franklin Central. We call him the Fieldhouse. Uh, Naring, 15-48. Uh, Jimmy Dillaball and Mason Nobles of Valpo, 15-53 and 15-58. Ben Davis is a fast course. Those times are highly impressive within the context of the INCC stats adjustments, girls rating plus two boys rating plus one. Yeah. We, we should also mention here um, just because some people of, of, of interest, you know, will pay attention. Sophia Kennedy, right. Uh, part of park tutors duo uh, their coach, coach Lawton gave both uh, Sophia and Gretchen, the opportunity to pace a teammate Gretchen uh, chose to, uh, race hard and Sophia chose to pace a teammate um, and that was reported by the coach on uh, Indiana runner right in the message board so if you're looking at the results and wondering hey what happened to Sophia Kennedy well this is what she was doing right um, regardless a really good performance from from Gretchen Farley like you said it is a fast course it's a great place to go and run um, and uh, you know Valpo coming down great chance to see you know two Top 15 teams on the girl side, right? Valpo, Brownsburg, Brownsburg with a, a good performance, as you mentioned. Um, and uh, the show while Valpo is the class of the New Prairie Semi-State. We're going to get to our featured meet. Uh, I haven't seen the 10-minute warning, so I think we'll get through this and then take a break and just come back with some smaller around-the-state miscellaneous stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, we got it written out here. I'll, I'll, do the, I'll do the girls, you do the boys. Sounds good. Okay. On the girls' side, uh, competitive meet. And you can look at when you see these scores, it's, you know, I think some of these teams may score fewer points at the state meet. 
I think that may be true on the boys' side as well. It was that yeah. that competitive, even more so, even more competitive on the boys' side in terms of preseason rankings and then current rankings. Number one, Columbus North girls, their first our first chance to see them in a completed race. The Bulldogs, 75. Number three, Carmel, shout out, 125. Number eight, Zionsville, a good meet for the Eagles, 145. Number five, North Central, 159. And number 15, Floyd Central, 190. Let me run through those again. CN, 75. Carmel, shout out, 125. Zionsville, 145. NC, 159. Floyd, 190. Individual race. Julia Kiesler from Columbus North, 17.28. Her teammate, Lily Baker, 17.49. So a 1-2 finish for Columbus North. Gets them off to a good start. Edgewood senior, Clara Crane, 18.13. Good to see her racing and doing well. Indian Creek freshman, Libby Dowdy, 18.18. And then from Carmel, shout out, Jasmine Klopstead, 18.25. The girls' rating was plus 16. It did feel pretty nice during the girls' race. I think it it yeah. felt warm, a lot warmer to me during the boys' race. Now, part of that could be I'm running around during the boys' race, whereas the girls' race, I'm kind of standing. So, sure. Uh, on the boys' side, have you have you seen this? Have, have you, you heard this? about this? You heard about this? Hey, well, if not, let me tell you. Right, the number one ranked Carmel Greyhounds shout out take home the win at 66 points. Zionsville, they were number three coming in. They had 93 points. Columbus North, 103. Center Grove, 150. And Burbuff, 193, rounding out the top five. Carmel, 66. Zionsville, 93. Columbus North, 103. Center Grove, 150. Burbuff, 193. Carmel's Cole Matisson. Shout uh-huh. out. There we go. Um, he broke his own course record, winning in a time of 14.52. Behind him, New Albany's Aiden Lord, 15 flat. Burbuff's Cameron Todd at a 15.08. North Central's nasty Nate Colleen and a 15.09. His time is good for number two all-time at North Central behind somebody named Footsome Zenasalasi, if that's right. I've heard I've 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 seen him and I've heard of him. Yeah. Apparently he was a, an okay runner back in the day. And Floyd's Will Conway uh, behind him at a 15-18. The boys rating plus 17. Colin. So I I haven't asked anybody else, and I didn't see a lot of other coaches standing right at the line. Um, but one thing I noticed is that everybody's reported time on the uh, sheet was two seconds faster than I got on my watch. Okay. I thought that I don't know if that was was that the case on the girls' side. Uh, you know what? I didn't notice that. I don't think so. Um, the times seemed to line up, but I also wasn't standing at the finish line. I was uh with you know four hundred to go on the girl side. So I don't know what happened there, but and that that was also with whatever the clock said. The guys had said, "Oh, I I saw it this time, and then they gave me another time." Um, well, I I think we know a lot more. Yes. Now than we did a week ago. And I think the appropriate thing would be to talk about those lessons after the break.
Are you dealing with a running injury or in need of some treatment? Contact Jacob at Tempo Sports Rehab, conveniently located off of the Monon in the city center of Carmel, Indiana. Find out more information at temposportsrehab.com. Okay, and we're back. Here it is. Sunday, the one day we have off. So we're going to spend it uh, doing a podcast and then probably more stuff for our other jobs. What are you doing today? What am I doing today? I am uh, doing this podcast. I got a little uh, cross-country stuff to take care of, you know. Cap uh, from yesterday, send the parent email for the upcoming week. Um, and then, you know what? I got all my school stuff done. So I am going to be parked on the couch for one o'clock kickoff. Can't wait. Yeah. How about you? What do you got going? Uh, well, I went to get uh, gas for one of our cars, and uh, one of my kids went, really wanted to go. So then we went. Into the, <laughs> no. Uh, then we went into the gas station, and he was getting a Red Bull, and then I got a drink for his mom, my wife, and then he wanted a drink. But all the stuff that he asked for was not appropriate for a uh, for a three year old. So um, first he wanted uh, what he thought was apple juice, but was really a hard cider. I told him no. Okay. Um, and then he wanted uh, he saw real little cans, and he said those are little. It's small enough for me, but they were uh, espresso shots. Uh, wow. So I said no to that. And then he asked for Cheetos, and I let him have Cheetos. Oh, okay. We checked out, asked him if he wanted cigarettes, and he said yes. And I said wrong answer. Uh, so i'm yeah. trying to trying to teach him early uh so now we learned that about uh my kid uh what did we learn about the uh about the rest of the state this well, past week okay what did we learn you want me to start here on the boys side sure all right well i think our focus on the boys side in terms of what we learned in the state uh, comes from the the Eagle Classic, right, down at Brown County, um, because we we got a chance to see the preseason number one team, Center Grove, uh, run all of their boys for the first time, right? So Ty Garrett had not yet competed. We go into the Brown County Classic uh, yesterday, and he does race for the first time. And he puts on a pretty good performance. Yeah, overall. he was solid. He was seven. Yeah. So seventh overall, he was their number one guy, 15-25, right? Uh, so first, again, first shot at uh, the Center Grove Trojans altogether right there. And the team that, you know, many were thinking, okay, uh, it's going to be probably close between Center Grove and Carmel. And Carmel came out the gate pretty hot, including a uh, well-publicized at this point move-in, who has been very beneficial to the Hounds. You not heard about this? Huh. Okay. That's yeah. Awesome. Provenzano. Look him up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, but as we looked at the team scores, right? Uh again, Carmel runs all of, of their projected top scores. Center Grove runs all of their projected top scores. Um, and and it just really wasn't close, right? I mean, I think the Carmel Greyhounds are showing that they are uh if we're gonna go back to this idea of me having two tiers, they are on one tier. Everybody else is on another one, right? I mean, it's it's just really not that close. I think later in the season, we could see these two other teams who are at Brown County perform uh, high up on the podium, right? Zionsville and Columbus North, both on the boys' side, could be really strong. 
but I have a hard time at this point believing any team uh, could challenge Carmel at the state meet under normal circumstances, right? So barring some unforeseen uh, incident that, you know, it will, in my mind, be the Carmel Greyhounds well out in front uh, and then other teams fighting for second, notably Zionsville and Columbus North. But I, I wouldn't totally discount center grow from from being in that mix for second place at this point because there's still almost seven weeks to go or just under seven weeks to go sorry and uh you know they have a lot of talent yeah they had two boys that were all state last year who haven't run raced as well yet but if they got back to all state form then it, potentially they were talking three in the top 20 they could yeah. they could be right there with the way some of their other guys are running so that they're not throwing me off the scent um I think on the girls' side, it. I had said that I I thought Columbus North was the favorite, and I think after yesterday, I think that that kind of proves it. And um, and we can we can take this straight into our top five team ratings for this year. Um, but the other thing that I saw from yesterday is that you know Julia Kiesler I think is right. You know, Lily Cridge is in a class of her own. Yeah, and uh, Nikki Sutherland may not be that far behind um but then i think that julia keesler is very clearly in that next tier of athletes that we wouldn't have maybe thought uh coming into the season so you know the, the girls from park tudor uh addison canablo and then i julia keesler's adjusted rating from yesterday is 1740 yeah i think that she could be third at the state meet. Um, and she has the third best adjusted rating right now. That's okay, cool. That's exactly what I was going to point out here, right? That yeah, Lily Cridge won, Nikki Sutherland has the second best, and then we have uh Julia Keesler there in third. Now Cridge has multiple performances ahead of her, and so does Sutherland, but if you know you can only can only race once at the state meet. So I think uh, you know, Keesler could very well be third um and you know it'd be interesting to see you know where she could stack up with sutherland um as, you know when they're in the same meet together right i mean keesler was comfortably out front with one of her teammates um and then she pulled away from her uh, about uh halfway two-thirds maybe by the time they came out of the woods uh in the second loop um so you know later in the meet uh and then you know they she she was well ahead to finish let's get into the these are the top five INCC stats team ratings. I'll do the girls first because it's the girls' first year. Fifth best team rating. These are non-adjusted. So if a team has an athlete that figures to factor into the scoring, as some of these teams do that didn't race on that day, it, it doesn't. This isn't adjusted for that athlete being in there. So number five, Hamilton Southeastern, 196 at the county, the Hamilton County meet. Number four, Fort Wayne Homestead, 184 at the Huntington invite. Number three, Carmel, shout out, 183 at the Hamilton County meet. Number two, Noblesville, 130 at the Hamilton County meet. And number one, Columbus North, 128 at Brown County. Yeah. Any major takeaways from that? I would say a major takeaway, things we've talked about um, all season long on the girls' side, that, you know, it's a, it's a two-team race for the championship, so it seems, uh, you know, with Columbus North and Noblesville very close, 
we mentioned, unfortunately, we didn't get to see a full 5,000 meter race between those two teams at the Rick Weinheimer invite, but we do have a little clearer picture because Noblesville's raced a few times. Uh, they sat their projected scores at Indiana Wesleyan this past Saturday. So they, those girls did not race. Um, Columbus North has official results under their belt now. And as you said, they, they look to be really, really tough. Um, we'll see those two teams at Nike Twilight. And uh, I hope, I don't know, I haven't asked either coach. I don't really plan to, but I hope both of them run all of their projected scores and we can kind of see what that might look like. Um, I would just assume they will, but again, I haven't asked. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I, I as well. Um, and then it's like, we've also talked about a very close uh, three through what you have down here is five, but really probably three through seven, maybe on the girl side, a couple teams that were not mentioned, but are uh, podium level would be Zionsville who had a good performance yesterday, North central, who's been up and down this season, but they did get a projected score back into racing yesterday. So she's got a few more weeks to get into form. Um, so I, I wouldn't count them out as a podium contender as well. So one one twenty eight and one thirty is obviously very close. Yeah, Columbus North team rating one forty four. Although there's only one rating that they've had, which is one hundred and twenty eight. So still preseason, still factoring them just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Columbus North has an athlete that ran in the track season and had run previous cross country seasons but didn't last year and she didn't race yesterday but i know she's on the team and i think when she races i think that's on this on incc stats uh columbus north girls have a 27 percent chance to win the state meet yeah and noblesville girls now with a 56 percent chance to win the state meet but i think once this other girl from columbus north starts to run um and starts to race and yesterday was an act we don't know why she didn't run yesterday but it was an act day um that i i think it's going to be tough i think it's going to be tough to beat columbus north because just think through the math what are they going to be scoring through two runners at the state meet because most of the best girls are going to be on teams that aren't there right canablo's homestead will be there so she'll score team points but other than that, they're going to be scoring what, like four to five points through two runners? That's kind of the number I was thinking, yeah. And how far back is Columbus North's fifth runner really going to be at the state meet? Uh, probably not significantly. Like 40s or 50s maybe? And maybe. I don't think I don't think Columbus, Noblesville is going to put five, say, in the top 25. Maybe not five in the top 25, but I maybe five in the top 30 to 35. I mean, they, they're, they're really deep. Uh, and they come in quick through that group. So it, it could, yeah, 25, right. no, 35 to maybe 40, though, I, I could see. And another one of Columbus North's top runners, who I I reckon has a good chance to finish in the top 25, did not run particularly well yesterday. Correct. And so that's really dragging her rating down. So I, 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 think, I think it's going to be tough to beat Columbus North girls. Yeah, I'd... For those reasons right there. Yeah. Uh, you want to go through the boys' top five team ratings from this year? Boys' top five team ratings, not adjusted. This is just who showed up and raced that day. Number five, Franklin Central, 180. They did that at the Marion County meet. 
four Noblesville, 144. That's at Huntington. Three Columbus North, 113. That was yesterday at Brown County. Two Zionsville, 84. And that was also at Brown County. And the number one uh, Carmel Greyhounds, 52 at Hamilton County. And 63 was there. Uh, non-adjusted rating at Brown County yesterday. So again, still clear of the field um, and back in this couple teams that we mentioned a few minutes ago, Zionsville and Columbus North uh, right there at the mix for a second. So Zionsville getting a double digit rating under a hundred puts them in pretty rare company. So last yeah. year, Burbuff's rating at the state meet was like 86 87 something like that columbus north at the state meet the year before was the best rating um and i think that was like high 70s there have been a couple carmel teams that went under 80 um this is just since 2012 where incc stats had a week by week team ratings uh published um so for Zionsville to do, you know, an 84 team rating, like I said, puts them in, in pretty rare company. Yeah. Really impressive performance right there. Um, you know, they just, again, had a couple guys with a rating under 16 minutes there and one right at 16 um, on, you know, from yesterday's. So uh, yeah, they they are a serious contender for that uh, number two spot. Yesterday, Carmel, Zionsville, Columbus North, Center Grove, Burbuff. Those are the top five teams at Brown County. Yeah. Those could be the top five teams at the state meet. There we go. We're on the same wavelength right there. Right? I was going to say, could they be the top five teams at the state meet? Yes, I think that could happen for sure, right? Um, especially, it, you know, Burbuff is a team we haven't really talked about as much, uh, but you'd mentioned they were the, the fifth best team. But, you know, those top three athletes that they have, uh, will place high up at state. I think one of them maybe didn't have his best day yesterday, uh, but we know is is capable of a lot more. So right, he's uh, really good. He'll be good. he'll be good at the state meet. He's always raced well at in the tournament and especially at the state meet. Yeah, and I and I think a couple of these other teams just don't have the firepower up front to to really benefit from having a, a kid who can be in the top ten to fifteen overall. And then on the boys' side, that'll that'll be more reflective of the point values, right? That there are fewer dominant individuals on the boys' side as compared to the girls. Um, those teams will be represented there. But uh, I think that's really going to help a team like Burbuff. So they, they could uh, jump in there as well. Burbuff's key is going to be they've got an, an athlete that hasn't run the last few weeks, but they they can't score four and five as far back, even no matter what those top three guys do, even if they're all in the top 10, top 15, which yeah. is certainly a good possibility. Um, Todd is ranked fourth right now on INCC stats. Rocio is 15th. And then, and then Burrell um, has a really good chance, I think, to be in the top 15. He's ranked outside of it now, uh, but they can't, they can't have fourth and fifth score over, hundred points, right? Because that'll be that right there is two hundred, and that that'll probably be too much to be on the podium, um, or more than likely. It, it, if the top two teams have a really low number, then that resonates throughout the rest of the field, right? So yeah. maybe it is a year that over two hundred gets on the podium, like it did last year with the girls. But uh, if 
they've got a good chance if they can get and have a stronger fourth runner and then you're only scoring one really far back. But I, yeah, I, I think those could, you know, Noblesville's in there, Franklin Central's in there, um, Valparaiso maybe, but I think, I think it could be, those could be potentially the, the top five teams, maybe not necessarily in that order could jumble around a little bit. Could, could jumble around, but yeah, it could be those five. I, I would agree with that. Uh, miscellaneous minute. Today is week one of the NFL season. We already had one game on Thursday, so maybe that'll that'll factor into this. Let's make our Super Bowl picks. This okay. team over this team. Okay, you go first here. Really, I want to go second. Well, I have a. I can guess. I'm going to write down. Uh, my, I know half of your team uh, or your, my, mine's mine's going to be a, mine's going to be a hot take. So I, I want I want like a normal one first, and then I'm going to come off the top rope. Okay, well, um, I did watch uh, at least some of the first half on Thursday night. Then I had to go to bed because you know I go to bed right. early. No, Man, those Buffalo go. Bills, dude, they look they look tough, Colin. They have a great young quarterback who's super talented. Uh, their defense played well. They went into the uh, well. I won't even say there's a home advantage. Apparently, there is no home advantage in LA because the LA is not. Oh my don't gosh, show up for that. it's worse but, for the Chargers than the Rams. Yeah, they, they beat a uh, a very good Rams team uh, because they return most of their Super Bowl talent. They lose a piece here or there. Uh, but the Bills, I think, will be our Super Bowl champions. Okay, for the they, first time ever. For the first time ever, came close several times in the 90s. Uh, was that early 90s? Is that right? Yes, early to, yeah, early to We're mid. probably wearing a uh, Bills jersey to middle school then. Is that right? <laughs> I was, I was not. <laughs> No, Colts, Colts only. I remember the first Colts game I watched. It was uh, 1994, and it was just a Sunday like today. And my dad just said to me, like, "Hey, do you do you want to watch the Colts game today?" And Marshall Falk scored three touchdowns, I think, in the first half. And then after that, I was, every every Sunday I asked to watch the game. So now we have a season tickets. Gone to every game, almost every game. Uh, yeah, we went to Video Stop in the morning in Fort Wayne. Shout out to Video, video Stop. Stop. What is we Video there? Stop? Like a blockbuster? It was, yeah. You could just rent movies or games. Um, yep. You 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 want to guess what team the Colts played that day? Um, who did the Colts play on that day? Do you want to guess? I I will guess the Houston Oilers. They did play the Houston Oilers. How about that? Yeah, they won. They beat the Houston Oilers. Colts quarterback was Jim Harbaugh. Hopefully they beat the Houston Texans today. So I'll so. take the Buffalo Bills over the Green Bay Packers as the Super Bowl matchup. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is still an elite player and gets it done, helps his team get there, and uh, Bills over Packers. Although I'm a Colts fan and I want the Colts to be there, and I'm going to be cheered for them. I just, I'm, you know... I think at this time next year, we're, you're wearing your Jimmy Garoppolo jersey, uh, Colin, instead of the Matt Ryan jersey. Yeah, I'll, wear, I'll wear the jersey of whoever the quarterback is, unless it's yeah. Philip Rivers. Well, yeah, he needs it. He's got like 12 kids, so he really is helping it's, out. It's only nine. Well, it's, uh, it's close. That's close enough. Why not have four more? That would be three more. Just to get to 13. No, you sure? Uh, all right, you ready? Yeah. Colts over Panthers. The Panthers. Panthers. Colts over Panthers. 
Is this like a, a Baker Mayfield thing? Do you think he's going to be the, uh, I mean, you think he's going to be the guy down there? I mean, he's, he's, he's got some motivation, right? Yeah. Imagine being like competent at your job. Well, you know, I don't have to imagine being just competent <laughs> at job. But... <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know what that's like. So you're going to have to explain <laughs> so, it to me. Talk real slow here. I'll take some notes. Imagine being just competent at your job and, <laughs> Your job just sends you away for somebody who's good at their job, but is a total loose cannon. That's that's a one way to put it, loose cannon. I, I think we're going to say a lot of other things about him, too. Do you want to get into that? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, anyways, I think he's going to be highly motivated. And obviously the Colts, uh, we went through the schedule. Maybe we'll, we can, uh, in a few weeks, adjust our predictions. We can go game by game after we see these first three or four. But Colts and Panthers, a Colts. If you put $2, and did the math here, if you put $2 yeah. on a Colts-Panthers Super Bowl, you win $1,326. Well, find me. Yeah, go ahead. Put put, uh, put down two for me. Well, I, I already did for myself. You want me to, you want me to double this? Yeah, double it. Now, All right. Uh, so there we go. Colts you know the Panthers. Browns visit the Panthers today at 1 o'clock. I know. And you know who the Browns quarterback is right now. My uh, friend. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. So yeah. I'm kind of torn there because I, you know, I want the Panthers to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Colts, but I also want my guy Jacoby to make Deshaun Watson the most expensive backup in the history of professional sports. It's not hard not to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> not, not for Jacoby Brissett. That was that was one of the best quotes from Jacoby Brissett. It's not hard to not be Deshaun Watson. The, the best quote I ever heard Jacoby Brissett say was, hey, man, I like those jerseys. That that was a quote directed to you. Yes. And, your and dad. now that jersey is property of Liam Oman. Ah, I see. But wow. I, my, I did get my dad's jersey, so I, I still have one of them. Okay. All right, man. Anything else? That's it. Excited for, uh, you know, this upcoming week and uh week of Flash race rock new prairie yeah some big races on the books maybe the might be a little well, it's, i guess it's got the rest of the week to dry out it's it was pouring here this morning it it is currently raining heavily at my undisclosed central indiana location really yeah it's, it's not well you know that's always sunny and 70 where you live so it's you know it's i mean it's 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 raining here, but it's it's not pouring. So what do we separate about like 12 miles? I've biked 13, it enough times I should know. 13 via the Monon, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, I'll see you every day next week. Except maybe not Sunday. Maybe not, but that's okay. See you the next week. All right, dude. Shout out. Thanks, man. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.